Hello and welcome to the Andre Queer Newer Show with Asa Laveau. This is your divinely queer host, Asa Laveau, and I'm very, so definitely ecstatic and excited that you have made the choice, and a very wise one, may I say, just say so myself, a very wise choice to join us while we co-create this experience today. If you have no idea about the Entrepreneur Show, please know, first off, you made a good choice. You are in the right place at the right time. And it doesn't matter if you're LGBTQ+, or not. You still made the good choice. If you're not, we just thank you for being an ally. We appreciate the fact that you are here and that you understand that there is divinity in the way we were born. Not in the way that we choose, but in the way that we were born. So thank you for that. And if you are a part of the LGBTQ plus family, family, I just appreciate you here. I appreciate you showing up, uh, tuning in, and knowing what's available on this episode. And on this episode is all about the ability to tell your story. Some of us have remarkable stories. And then the people who don't seem to have remarkable stories, they have remarkable stories and just don't know it. So I am very joyful that we are going to be talking about how to tell your story, uh, how to tell your story in book form, the the reason why the world will be made better as a result of you doing the work, taking the action, taking the steps to put your story on paper, put your story in audio form, putting your story in video form, because there is somebody out there in the world that is a younger version of you. And the same way that you would tell, you know, your 13-year-old self a certain thing, your 8-year-old self a certain thing, well, guess what? There's an 8-year-old or a 13-year-old out there that is waiting to hear those words so you can help them now. The way you felt that you weren't helped or you weren't uh, assisted. And the person that's going to help us today is a very cool, energetically divine human by the name of Angel Davis, who I've had the joy of meeting this year. And I believe that she is going to support you in your next next, especially when it comes to sharing your story, making sure that it's done well, and also possibly being able to make money from it. So without further ado, Angel, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I always check you when people ask me that, so I never just say fine. Let's see. How am I doing today? I am feeling the joy of what it is to breathe and live and create effortlessly. I like it. Good. Like Glad it. you do. But I always I was thinking about because... effortlessness yesterday. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we are we are syncopated on that because I all I've 
I remember a time when people didn't ask me how I was. I went through a whole little span of time where that was not real. And so now I never take it for granted. I always check in uh, because sometimes we, you know, go on social media and we're like, nobody ever checks on me. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. they checked on you. You did, you did not take uh, the question literal. You just, you know, glossed over it. That was a real check-in. So I, I always take um, advantage of when someone does that. So thank you. Uh, we're going to do, of course, you know, part of my interview process is we start something very, very surface uh, to get things going. So what I would like to know about you is who was your first crush? Wow, my first crush. I My first crush was this guy named Lachey when I was in first grade. He was my first crush. And um, oh. he bought me oh. a monster truck oh. pencil. Oh. Yeah, that was a big thing. You remember those uh, pencil machines back in the day in, in elementary school? So it was a big deal. He spent a whole quarter for me. So. <laughs> that <laughs> is a big deal. Crush. Yeah, yeah. So how... Based on how your crush was in first grade, how do you still get those same feelings of a crush that you may have now, or a crush is even a thing in your world now? Oh, yeah, it's a thing in my world now. I have celebrity crushes. You know, uh, I I love Ice Cube. You know, he just do it for me. I want my I want my ashes sprinkled like in his yard, you know. And uh, I have a huge crush on Queen Latifah. She's my woman crush, though. Crushes definitely exist now. Um, as far as people I can actually obtain, um, if you tell me that you're a nerd, you might have a chance. I might have a crush. Oh, on so nerds do it. <laughs> yes. Nerds do it for me and foodies. Oh, and foodies. So I am not a foodie. What is, I, I, and I don't I think I understand it, but I think because I grew up not liking so much, like I don't like nuts, I don't like bananas, I don't like cheese. I'm doing my best to be vegan, so all, you know, dairy products and meat products are out the window. So, yeah, I just don't think I was created to be that. And that's okay. Because at all, like, like <laughs> at all. So, with your love of nerds, is there is there a direct correlation with you helping people tell their stories? I I believe it is. I think everybody has a little bit of of nerd in them. Um, for me, a nerd is somebody who is always wanting to learn more. And when people are writing their stories, they still learn about themselves, even though it's their story. So to see people Mm -hmm. want to know more about themselves and to grow, that does it for me. So when when people do come to you, do they really know that that's what they want to do? Or do they come and say something totally different? And in your mind, you're like, I know what you want. You want to write a book. 
they say something totally different, <laughs> and I'm like, you want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do people usually say? They usually say, hey, I just want you to look over this and give me some suggestions. And so that's what I do, and then they'll come back and they say, you know what, I just want you to work with me the rest of the way because I really need to do more with this. Mm-hmm. And when you – and when someone says they really want to work, you know, do more, what exactly are you doing with them or for them? I am helping them to first recognize the central theme or themes for the story. Um, and when people talk to me and work with me, I always see more than one book. Mm-hmm. So what I find is that they want to put everything into one book, and I'm thinking bigger on a series scale. Like, no, this book, let's focus on this, and then the next one can be about that because that's important too. So what I do is help them first define whatever the theme is, and usually I'll discover that as I'm reading through it um, because I work with people who are writing memoirs, basically. And so I'll I'll be able to pick up on what, the central thing is like if something that keeps repeating, then I'm able to to sense that, and that'll be the focus. And after that, I help them to flesh it out, and then I reorganize it from um, chapters and naming them and all of that. That's what I do. I'm a developmental editor. So, you know, you said the word memoir. And a lot of people that are, you know, listening are under 40, under 30 even. So when people think memoir, we're thinking about, you know, people who have gray hair, white hair on the cover of these books. So if, you know, some of us feel like we're too young to write a memoir, what do you say when you get, you hit that rejection? Like, no, I'm too young to do something like that. I ask them to just verbally talk to me. Tell me your story. And that's because it. When you, that's think about, when you think about, well, because people are able to talk about their life a lot easier than they can write about it. Writing Your about point. it can seem intimidating. Like, I don't have anything really to say. My life's not that interesting. But when you can just talk about yourself and somebody's listening, that's different. And then you discover Very all kinds true. of experiences. Yeah. Very true. Okay. So what made you want to help people do that? Like, were you on the playground in second grade? Right? <laughs> like, tell me your story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That There is some truth in, into what you're saying. I have always been a writer. I have always been that friend who everybody tells their stories to and um, the the mediator. So I've kind of always been doing this, but it didn't officially take off for me um, until about 2016 when a friend of mine, she says, hey, I just finished this book. I know you're into writing. Can you look at it for me? Because I wasn't looking to do it as a business or anything like that. It's just people know me for writing. And so it was about 19 pages of a Google Doc, and I made some suggestions, and I said, it's a little short, 
um, I think you should fill this in and fill this in and, you know, just doing my, my thing. And then she says, you know what? You're right. I want to hire you as my editor. And that's how it started. What? And did you know what you were doing back then? In 2016? Yeah, I knew what I was doing in 2016 when this started. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm I'm a writer by by nature, and um, I was writing short stories in elementary school. Um, oh. I rem- yeah. I, oh, you've my- been fancy a long time. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> best memory is, you know, when I first got a computer keyboard that hooked up to the TV, it was Tandy. I don't even know if you remember that brand, but I was a like. A keyboard that hooked to the, what was the point of a keyboard that hooked to the TV? Because I could type and see stuff on the screen, and I can't remember how I, what happened after that, because it was so long ago, but that was the first thing as far as, as electronics that I had to write on. And then when I first got a typewriter, listen, I would not come out my room. I was sitting there typing typing short stories all day. Okay, you still got to help me with this whole, you said Yandy? Candy. Candy. T-A-N-D-Y. Yes. Candy. And you saying Candy put a keyboard on the screen. Yes, that's what I had, yes. And that's how I got Mm -hmm. my typing skills up. And I don't understand this. So the TV would be on. Like designing yes. women would be on TV, and you would be no, I, you know, you have to put the TV on. What was oh, it? Oh, one of the old channel. Yes, or, yes. Oh, the top this one was back. You and the bottom one. You <laughs> <laughs> it was way back in the day. Okay, yeah, you, yeah. Back, back when Nintendo came out, you had to make sure your TV was on three. Yes. Or it wasn't going to work. I don't know what oh, that it, was or about. Was it going to work? Yes, so the the okay. keyboard was something like that. Um, but I've, I've just always been a writer and um, into all things words. I remember my first hardback book, which was Alice in Wonderland. Ooh, and you got uh, to read Alice in Wonderland? Yes, I was always an avid reader. And uh, I read above my grade level, so... My aunt bought me Alice in Wonderland, and it had some words in there that I did not know the meaning. And so I would ask her, oh, what does this mean, and what does this mean? And she got tired of me asking her questions. So mm. and she taught me how to use a big kid dictionary, like an adult. Right. Dictionary. And so that's how I learned how to really use a dictionary, was because my aunt wanted to not answer my questions. <laughs> Right. I totally get yeah. that. But, okay, so, and I, and I say you got to read Alice in Wonderland because that's one of the books that I have yet to read. And I, I shouldn't say you got to read it because it's not like I'm a, not a whole human being. Like, I can go <laughs> read the book. Uh, but I, I fell in love with the concept because I've heard present-day philosophers do um, talks and lectures about the the things the layers of the Alice in Wonderland story and about mm-hmm. how actually you know though it had a childlike audience there were so many adult concepts in the in the book and even 
by even though I haven't you know watched the entire Disney version fully through, there is something about that doggone cat, that Cheshire cat, yes. as well <laughs> as the the rabbit when they are talking. And they're look and they sound at first glance they like they're talking in riddles and then as you get older you like that made real oh, good sense. Oh yeah. Like that, <laughs> that made real good sense. So I've always been attracted to the the idea, to the notion of the Alice in Wonderland story. So that's why I said I'm like, Wow, that's really cool. You got to read it so young. Yeah, I was um in elementary school when I well, good. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. That's cool. So another Part of who you are is someone who is an energetic doula. Yes. And the way that I see a doula, not to minimize doulas at all, but the way I see doulas in its most, in its most, I guess, natural form would be a doula is a person that helps life enter this realm. And though you are energetic one, it seems like you are just a doula midwife for anyone that comes into your world, whether it be a story through a memoir or energy. Is that, is that a safe assessment or no? That is very accurate. Um, when people hear the word doula, they mostly think of like a birth doula, um, the the person who provides support and guidance to the mom during and after pregnancy. Um, so when I call myself a sacred energy doula, that essentially means that I provide um, support to women who are going through some kind of change or some kind of struggle. And the sacred part of it is that I provide a safe place for them. Mm-hmm. And um, all my life, that's been my role. I'm the safe place, which is why people are comfortable telling me their stories, um, comfortable telling me their problems because I'm not going to judge them. And I'm just going to try to support them all the way through and help them reach whatever goal it is that they're trying to obtain. Got it. So, and also, are you doing that mostly for women or those that identify as being a woman or is that for everyone? Because, of course, with uh, the notion of a doula, we think about that, you know, being for women. Mm-hmm. Um. I have encountered men who said I've helped them, <laughs> so I'm not closed to that. I just know that being, you know, a woman, I better relate to women. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm open to providing support and guidance to anybody because I can feel and read energy. Okay. That's what, okay. You say you read energy. To somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't know about that world, that sounds absolutely <laughs> crazy. And I say <laughs> that because I can too. Like I can totally, and I don't know if it's through me being empathic. I don't know if it's something other than that. But 
when I say reading energy, I can literally be, I can sit next to a person, and this has happened. I have been in New York. I was staying with a friend in New Jersey, and I was headed on the path train into New York City, and I was sitting next to a stranger, and I literally wanted to tell him, it will be okay. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm. I didn't. I didn't. Because my Oklahoma self saying that to New York people, I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't say that. And, and so I didn't. Yeah. But however, maybe I should have. Um, but so that's how I see it. How do you see it when you say reading energy? Just for so someone who's listening that's not familiar with that term can understand. Okay. Um, a better term, a more familiar term would be uh, empath. That's essentially what a person who's empathetic or who's an empath does. They are they have a knowing, a feeling like you know you step into this room full of people, and it may look like everybody's happy, but something obviously happened before you got there. It's just a feeling, or mm-hmm. um, for people who may be listening who are more um, church cultured, discernment would be another word. You know, you can just tell. Like something's not right. I'm smiling, but I Mm -hmm. I see behind the smile, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm glad you said that because, yes, in the the Christian uh, tradition, yes, discernment would be a very true term. And so, yes, discernment, Mm -hmm. yes, that's it. Now, do you use that in your business? I'm always interested if people use the skills that were given from the divine into mm-hmm. their business. So do you, are, is it easy to say, you know what, you told me you want to write a memoir, you told me you want to tell your story, and based on how I'm feeling about you right now, this energy that I'm reading, I don't think this is going to work. Definitely. <laughs> I use that in my business because I have to have it when I'm working with true stories. It's not something people mm-hmm. are making up. This is their lives. I wasn't there. Right. But I have to connect with them so that it places me there. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the book, there has been one voice, and that's the voice of the author. And there's no um, separation between where my my work came in versus their words. It's just one voice. So essentially I merge my energy with that of the person that I'm working with because I have to help them create the story to pull in readers just like me. So I have to like walk it out with them as if I were them or as if I was there. So I have to tap into my my empathetic side. Yes, totally. And, okay, so if some, okay, let's just go through the steps. So somebody says, you know what, I'm just kind of interested in sharing my story. What do you think? And so they talk to you, and, okay, they're like, this just really makes sense. And then based on the energy you get from them, that's when you know. And also from their story. Now, have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, 
I'm interested in writing something, and they tell you a story, and you're like, this story ain't nothing. Or is it that people just need to know how to frame their stories? They just need to know how to frame it because when people talk to me, I literally hear and see books. You know how people who um, draw, when they see colors and shapes when people talk? Well, for me, I hear books. I see books. Oh. So that's, really? you know, yes. <laughs> that is so, that's and, such a cool thing for me, to just listen to people talk and you see books just dropping out of people's mouths. Like, I think that's a cool thing. Well, I believe everybody has at least one. Okay, let's be honest. I believe everybody has multiple books. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I believe everybody should write at least one. Um, because books leave a legacy. Right, they do. Um, books also provide connectedness to humanity, to each other, to humanity. You know, some I'm here in um, Texas, but my book could be, you know, in China or um, any of these other places. But I'm here, but I'm still connected across the world. Mhm. Very true. So everybody has at least at least one that they could write, and I'm the person to help them write that. Okay, so you have excited me about this for uh, <laughs> for other people. I I think that one other thing is. You know, people go into a library, into a you know, especially a big chain bookstore, and look at everything like, man, there's enough books. No one wants to hear what I have to say. Somebody's done already said it in one way or another. What do you have to say to those people? Every book isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we have all the same like clothes, pair of pants, there's all kind of brands, but every brand isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I still tell them, you know, even twins have a different set of fingerprints. True. So just tell it. Very let's true. Get her done. As we say in Texas, let's, let's get her done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just so the audience, the person that's listening, their brain is kind of like, okay, I wonder. Like, I wonder. Do they call you? Do they send you an email? Do they send you a message? How do they actually know, like, that you're, like, you could help them? Like, how do they reach you? Um, I'm a Facebooker. I know that people are on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm I'm so old school now. How funny is that? Facebook is for old people. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Facebooker, and um, you can find me at Angel Cookie Davis on Facebook. Okay, you said Angel Cookie Davis. At- yes. Okay, so you say Angel and A N G L, not A N J. A N G E L, Angel. Okay. Could Got it. Davis. Okay. 
Now, before you go, now that you shared how to for them to get in touch with you, is there anything that sucks about what you've done, or is there a time that it really did suck, and you're like, I will never do this again, or has it just always been as blissful as you're saying it has been? It's always been good for me. I just I love to be in people's stories. Being a storyteller myself, I just love stories. And then for somebody to grant me the privilege of sharing their story with me, I always find it to be an honor. I take it very seriously. And um, I just, I love it. And now with the addition of my spiritual practices to to my work with writing, it's like another level. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I, the only bad thing is sometimes I may question myself. Because being intuitive, there's something you have to learn to trust is your intuition. And sometimes I'm like, oh, but what if I'm a little off though? But then I, you know, I get with my ancestors and we get it together real quick. Like I was born to do this. Indeed. Indeed. And I think that's a really cool uh, thing when you can really tune in that I think Maya and Oprah says, Oprah often says that Maya Angelou said, you know, that when we enter a room, we enter a room with 10,000, meaning that our ancestors are girding us and supporting us yes. in yes. our endeavors. And so I like that you said you talked about you know, your ancestors, bringing them along for the ride. Because my thing is, you, we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Like 10 generations ago, no matter who you are, what you're doing, they literally could not fathom the type of life, the type of joy, the type of access, what's going on that you're seeing right now. Just the fact that, you know, uh, what is a podcast? <laughs> like, Yes, your aunt, our ancestors are just blown away by us, and there's nothing wrong with tapping into that power. So, Angel, I really appreciate this conversation today. And for those of you who are listening, please know that I double dog dare you. <laughs> Something that we used to do when I was little. I double dog dare you to reach out to Angel. Uh, just to see, just to see what it could be like to share your story with the world. Because I would ask you to just consider, just consider that someone's life could be impacted from you being transparent and open about what you lived and how you've lived. So, Angel, thank you for being on today on the Entrepreneur Show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Most welcome. And for those of you who are listening still, please remember to give a review, write a review for us. We would love your five stars. We really, really would. And if there's any reason why we don't get five, let us know what we can do to make this a five-star experience for you. Uh, Please join our Entrepreneur Facebook family. 
at family.asalavo.com. And as always, I am Ace Laveau, dreams and blessings. Thank <laughs> you.